And he's like, what are you doing? You won't. Okay, the Lord God, please go with me. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, wonderful scripture we just uh, recited right now because you don't have the ability on your own to really follow after God without Jesus himself. He said it clearly, without me, you can do nothing. And it's only through the grace of God that you are able to be in God's house tonight, to be in his presence. It takes grace and grace alone. It's not works of righteousness. It's not your own ability. It's what God has done. So we need him to continually open our ears so we can hear and to touch our hearts so that we can understand and be in obedience. Tonight, I'm thinking on Sunday is going to be a very special day. I am believing, I don't know where this came from, but I know where it's coming from. I believe it's from God. I really believe that those, I keep getting the bipolar thing, bipolar, uh, that's a label. I don't care what it is. If you know somebody that has that, uh, bring them here. God's going to heal them. Uh, anxiety, panic attack, please let these people come. Depression. I like the physical one, but this is something that just been dropped in my spirit, and I'm really looking forward to that on Sunday for people to be delivered from that. God can heal. I don't care what any doctor says. Uh, even if they've labeled this person as being bipolar for 18 years, I don't care. Jesus can make them he, he, uh, whole instantly. So if you have people like that, bring them. Uh, please invite people to church on Sunday. Um, when we do that and they come to be with Jesus, he doesn't disappoint. He won't disappoint them. It, we, it's just up to us. I've often said Jesus hardly went to see the sick. He didn't go to them. They came to him. He walked right by a sick person. And if you don't call, he walked away. He healed those who came to him. And so we talk to them and we invite them. If they're willing to come to him, not to church or to see a pastor or a healing minister, whatever it is, if they come to him, he'll heal them. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still the same God. So I encourage you, Preston and I have been going out just uh, from a food town to H-E-B to Walmart, just inviting people uh, to come. And we tell them, you're going to be healed. Amen. And I just believe they'll be here. Amen. Tonight I want to uh, continue uh, a message we started back there, our father's business. Uh, this thing about sharing the gospel with people. There are certain things that Christians must do. I'm not saying, it's not a suggestion. We must do these things. If you are a Christian, it's expected that you do these things. And if you're not doing it, then you are in disobedience. 
You know, I shared with our staff, Samuel was saying, and he struck me real hard. Samuel was saying, far be it for me that I sin against God by not praying for the children of Israel. That's the pastor's position. Every pastor must pray for his members. If you're not doing that, you're sinning against God. Otherwise, that scripture doesn't mean anything. Far be it from me, Samuel said, far be it from me that I refuse or fail to pray for you or sin against God by not praying for you, children of Israel. So every Christian, we are obligated to pray. It's a duty that we have before our Father. Those words, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's true prayer. The will of God is not done until a human being, a born-again Christian, is crying out on the earth for his will to be done. God will hold back until somebody is crying. He's looking for somebody to bridge the gap. And that's us. So Christians ought to pray. Christians ought to study the scriptures, read the Bible. Christians ought to go to church. Some people are taking that so lightly. It's like, I don't feel like going to church. You don't have any choice about that. If you read in the scripture, it was Jesus' manner to be in the synagogue on the Sabbath. As his manner was, he was right there. He knew he was supposed to be there. If you want to find him, you'll find him in the, in the, in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. The same thing with Daniel. You know, they knew, everybody in the kingdom knew at so-so-so time, he's praying. We have to be, you have to be predictable when it relates to your God. People should know. And another thing that we need to be doing is we need to tell people about Christ. What God has done. Just like the young man Jonathan did tonight, sharing with people. Don't just tell us here, you've done a great job, brother. And I really enjoy that. But tell your friends as well what God has done. Because you never know. That will transform their life. They may be going, maybe somewhat similar problem. And they say, if God did it for Jonathan, maybe God would. That's the witness. We ought to witness, we ought to tell people. Just tell them about what God's doing in your life. You don't have to tell, quote, John 3, 16 all the time. Just tell them what God's doing, what God's doing in your life. They love to hear. They can argue with you. It's what God did for you. The best, sometimes all they say to you is, that's good for you. But what that means is, I wish God would do the same thing for me. <laughs> Amen. So we tell them. We compel them to come. We, Christians are forgetting that this is a major, the whole work of the kingdom is on your shoulders. And God's depending on you to go. If you read in Acts, you will see after Jesus, for 40 days, he was speaking to them. Primarily to get them to understand, you ought to go. I know it's recorded, go therefore. No, but for 40 days he was teaching them. Helping them to understand that scriptures have been fulfilled. The way has been paved. Everyone can now come. It's your responsibility to go. 
Sometimes when we are experiencing difficulties, it could be because we are not doing what God wants us to do with regards to sharing the word of God. You remember what happened to them in Jerusalem? They, they were having fun. People were getting saved. And they stayed in Jerusalem. And they were not going anywhere. And God allowed a good amount of persecution on them. And raised up Saul, who later became Paul, right? And he was killing them. And they decided, this place is not safe anymore. We got to leave. And they left. And they started preaching everywhere. And then, as soon as they left and they were doing their business, what God has called them to do, guess what God did? He enlisted Paul as well. You joined them. The persecutor, you're going to be doing the same thing. We ought to be preaching the gospel. Amen? We ought to share with people about Christ. I'm excited about going. I'm excited about sharing about Jesus Christ because of what he does to a man's life. I cannot be standing here today if somebody didn't insist. I thank God for the man who brought me to Christ. He was so insistent. He won't, that man would not rest. He had a horrible voice. I'm telling you the truth. He got, that guy couldn't sing. But he was always thinking about heaven being his. And in my mind, before I got saved, my thinking was this. You just hope you'll make it. That's what I thought. You know, you try to be good. And hopefully God thinks, I guess you did enough work. You can come in. That was all I thought. And, and I never knew anyone could be sure they'll go to heaven. But Samuel knew he was going to heaven. And that, that got my attention. And he was always singing about it uh, with his horrible voice. I mean, no insults, but that was, that's just the truth. He said, I know heaven is mine. That's all he was singing. I know that heaven is mine. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And he, th- that line would never stop. And the song would stick in my, my head also, <laughs> listening to him sing that song. And they'll curse him out for singing. And I admired him. But I was sure there was no way I could be like him. I was too wicked. And one day I made the mistake of telling Samuel, I really appreciate what you're doing. I, I thought he was an angel come from another planet, you know. <laughs> you see, I've never seen anybody like that. In those days, Christianity was very new in my country. Conversion was really new at that time. I hadn't seen anything from the time... I started as a little boy till this time in my life. I didn't know there, was pe- there were people like that. I thought, I read the scriptures. I thought this, they died and it was all over. But Samuel really loved God and I knew it. So I made the mistake of telling him, I wish I could be like you. Who oh, he said, you can be like me. I said, no, it cannot happen. There's no way I can be like you. And that was a mistake because I said that to him, he'll never quit. He knocked on my door almost every Wednesday or Tuesday night. I think that was the meeting. Would you go to church with me today? I always had a perfect excuse for him. Why I couldn't go to the, today. But then the next morning, he's in, we're in the same van and he's still singing that song. And I'm wondering if I will go to this heaven. But one day I agreed to go with him. Telling you my story. I agreed to go with him. And uh, small church. And you walk in, nobody says a word, nobody says hello. They just kneel and they are praying. And I read, you know, in my high school days, 
I memorized, I called it Peter's defense on the day of Pentecost. You know what Peter said to them? These men are not drunk as you suppose. But this is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel. I write all of those things and I enjoy writing them, but I thought uh, that's, that's gone. And in Samuel's church, I heard somebody speak in tongues. And I thought to myself, these are the apostles, holy men of God. And from that day, I feared this fellow. And so when he told me to go to church with him, I went with him. But I thought, if I go to church with Samuel, God will like me and help me for being good to Samuel. I'm just telling you my secret, okay? <laughs> I never knew that our God was changing my life. And one day, I had, I had too much information. I knew. I knew there was God. I had to give my life to God. And I couldn't go back to my old life. Because I knew better. And in those days, we believed Jesus was coming right away. And I figured if I went doing crazy stuff and drinking again, while I have my beer in my mouth, Jesus comes and I'm left behind. I wasn't going to take that chance. So I stayed. You never know what God can do through your message. Amen? As simple, God can use you. I want to encourage you, share the gospel of the Lord Jesus. It's simple tonight. Tell somebody about him. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my father. That means your name is going to be mentioned in heaven before the angels. There's nothing that beats that. That God is mentioning your name before the angels. I'm not sure. I don't think any angel will say, who is that? They know. And God's bragging on you, just like he did with Job. You remember? You read it in scripture? Because you are sharing with somebody about Christ. We want the deep things of God, but we don't want to lay the solid foundation. The solid foundation is to share Christ with others as well. It's very, very important. Let me share some scriptures with you. The Bible tells us about the day of God's favor. We are living in the days of God's favor. He says, in a time accepted, I heard them. I'll help them. And God says, today is the day. Now is the accepted time. So right now, God says the field is white for harvest. And the people are ready. I have to convince myself, the question is not whether they want Jesus or not. The real problem is whether we have laborers. Pray for laborers, Jesus said. He didn't lie to us. The field is already ripe for harvest. Now we are living in the time of God's favor. For he says, God says, in an acceptable time I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Right now is the accepted time. Today is the day of God's favor. Now God wants to save them. He's ready for them. This is the right time. Jesus said the field is already white for harvest. They are looking for God. They may be speaking evolution and saying all the crazy stuff. A deep inside them. They know. They know. And you talking about that around them awakens what they already know. And the fear of what will happen to them when they have to face God 
deal with him face to face when they leave this world. Just simple questions like what happens when you die? I asked my Chinese friend, my roommate in uh, Texas A&M, uh, he, he, he would tell me, good luck, no God. So I asked him one day, I said, you keep telling me this, good luck, no God. He's very smart, but in small English, you know, but very smart guy. He said, good luck, no God. And I asked him, I said, I agree with you, no God, like you say. Let me agree with you. But what if, if you die and then you find out that there is God? What would you do then? He looked at me for a long time. He said nothing. And finally he said, no God. I said, okay, <laughs> we'll find out. I loved being in college. It was fun because just have these foreign students all around. You can talk to them openly. Even the Americans as well. <laughs> That's the way we foreigners, you know. We always, you know, we're together. And the rest of you are the Americans. But it was fun talking with those people about God. Hopefully you sow me seed in your heart. And you stand your ground. And he stays with them. I remember telling some of my uh, fellow researchers at Texas A&M, from different countries, China, uh, Pakistan, all of India, with their different religions. And they were challenging me. Did, for some reason, they enjoy picking on me with, when it comes to religion. They want to get me, let's get good luck. And one day I stood up. They were very angry because I told them nobody who is a Christian will ever revert. Born again Christian, go back to another religion, it's impossible. And they picked Muhammad Ali. <laughs> you know, Muhammad Ali, he became, I said, and I, they said, are you saying he wasn't a Christian? And I said, let me tell you again. No true Christian will ever become a Muslim. It's impossible. Oh, they were mad. One of them was almost like shaking. And the, um, Angela, you met him, Akram, a uh, Muslim guy. He was so angry with me on that day. They're my good friends, except when we start talking religion. They don't like it at all. And uh, he told me that day, because I kept, after that, I, I told him, I said, now look, all of you, stop what you're doing. All of you, stop what you're doing. There was a, a Christian girl. They said, so you know Christians well? I said, yeah, I can tell you through Christians. And there was a Christian girl that was living kind of on the edge. And she was standing there. And they said, so you can tell who a Christian is? I said, yeah. I said, Muhammad Ali, no Christian does that. He said, now, is this girl a Christian? They asked me right in the, before the feast. I said, if I say she's not a Christian, she's going to let me have a real hard time. I said, she's standing right there. You can ask her. <laughs> ask her. I'm not going there. <laughs> but you said you know Christians. I said, yeah. But if you ask me, she's standing there. You can ask her. Because they watch us. They know what you're doing. They watch you and your message as well. And they basically 
did that because they felt she wasn't living right. And they want us to fight. But the Khan told me that day, he said, good luck, if you were in Pakistan, you'd be dead now. For some of the things you said. I say, yes, I know. But we are in America. <laughs> we say what we feel inside. This is freedom here. Amen? It's fun to share Christ with people. Don't hesitate. But I can tell you, we turn from that topic, and they are my best friends. All of them. They, they want to be with me. They are my friends. They call themselves my friends. Angela was with me when Ikram gave me the, uh, his daughter for us to pray for when she was sick. So we can share the gospel. There's nothing to fear. Today, this is, we are living in the days of God's favor. And we can share Christ with people. John chapter 9 verse 4. Jesus said, I, mu- I must work. The works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I'm I'm the light of the world. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Did Jesus not tell us? As the Father has sent me, even so send I you, right? So you are sent by by God himself. Jesus has sent you. In the same way the Father sent him. And he was doing the works of the one that sent him. What are you doing? He sent you just as the Father sent him. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, that's how I've sent you. You're going out for me. And he's doing the work, the works of him, the sent him. And you have been sent in the same way. So if you're not doing what Jesus was doing, sharing with people about Christ, then we, gotta, we have to really wonder whether you've been sent. Every Christian is sent. Every Christian has been called to share the gospel with people. And if it's nothing you're thinking, all you're doing is God give me, God give me. You care about what your needs, but you don't care about his needs. He's, God's living for just one thing, to get people in his kingdom. And you have been enlisted to help him bring people into the kingdom. In those days, we sang about being soldiers for Christ. We are in, a war, we are in warfare to bring more people to Christ. And there were songs, bring them in, bring them in. Go around the world, bring them in. But today is how I can cope with my problems. That's all you hear. Nobody wants to do what God's calling us to do anymore. It's how God's going to bless me and take care of my needs. But Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. One way God or the other, God's going to meet your needs. Those things that are your needs become His needs, and He'll take care of you. I think we have shifted the focus, I, or deliberately wanting to go this way, because our church, we have to be a church that is evangelizing, bringing people to God. They don't have to come here, they can go somewhere else, but you lead them to Christ. I would rather they come here. 
But we have to do, be about our father's business. And if nobody's talking about it, nobody knows that we have to do this. I think this church is sinning because you are not doing this. I, I, people think sin is just to go out and do something bad. Sin is disobedience to a command from God. And God actually commanded us to go. Don't leave Jerusalem until you are endued with power. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And what? You will be witnesses. Every one of us is a witness. We are called to be witnesses. Jesus, in, in uh, uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, he said, If you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father. I have come to realize this. Watch Christians who share their faith. They grow so rapidly. And they are strong in Christ. And those that are afraid to share their faith, they are flaky for the most part. They take pastor's time, uh, 80% of the time. <laughs> you have to really tend to them. But those that are sharing their faith, it doesn't take them time to get strong. And they begin to know the scriptures because God will begin to deal with them on a one-to-one basis. I've seen this among Christians. Anytime you see two people saved, one wants to share the word of God and the other one is trying to get what they can get there's going to be a difference. There's going to be a separation. Before long, the one that's loving to share his faith will be the teacher. It's just the way it is. That's just the way this thing works. So we have to do, be about our father's business. The night, Paul said in Romans chapter 13, the night is fast spent. The day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. In other words, the armor of life. As long as you are in this world, you are the light of the world, right? And the light must work the works of him that sent you. We have to do that. We have to do what God has called us to do. Sometimes it's, it's uh, really hard to, to see this. I don't know how the, what the Father's heart is. Uh, but when I read in Isaiah chapter 6, and uh, I wonder how long, you know, God can say one thing over and over again. Nobody's listening. In Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. He had been a prophet. For years, several kings. But then he said, in the year that Uzziah died, King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord in the temple. That was a prophet. He was already a prophet. His train filled the temple. And he said he saw the angel. And then he saw himself, the way God saw him, and the way Satan actually saw him. That's a prophet. And after he was cleansed, the coal, took a coal from the altar and they touched his lips. That's very important. God needs your lips. Not any part, your mouth. He needs it. He needs somebody to speak for him. When Isaiah, when God showed himself to Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah felt, I'm undone. And I live among unclean lips. 
Other, others have unclean lips. And God cleansed his, own, his lips. And then he heard the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Isaiah chapter 6, verse 6 through 8. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongues from the altar. Notice the angel won't touch the coal. with his hand, and he touched my mouth with it, and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. Also, apart from everything that was going on, also, this was added, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Who will go for us? Not angels. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So, I don't know how long God has been saying the same word. He heard it. For the first time he heard. And God had been saying that, I believe, for a very long time before he heard it. And God wasn't speaking to him. Notice, it was, it was a word out there. Who will go for us? Not directed towards Isaiah. But an open word from God. And he's saying the same thing tonight. Who will go for us? Who is going to go get them for me? Isaiah said, Jeremiah, send me. And Jesus said, as the Father sent me, you've been sent as well. So whenever you're sent, you're supposed to preach the word. Somebody's going to go for us. And bring people to God for us. It's a simple message, but I guarantee you this. If you decide that I'm going to obey God in this area, watch out. Watch out. Read about, I try to read about all of these great preachers you read about that have done significant work in the world and the work still there. The passion to win souls must always be there from the time they're little. As I listen to uh, uh, T.L. Osborne talk about Ora Roberts and himself, they go out. T.L. Osborne played, he could play um, instruments and sing. He sings and Ora preached. They were, little, they were young then. And then they went their separate ways. Great worldwide ministry, but has a heart for souls from the time they were little. We can take that on. It's never too late with God. You can start today and make up your mind, I'm going to win souls for Christ. There are certain things that we must do. These days, it's always in my mind, even this afternoon, nothing is important to me in this life anymore. I'm telling you the truth. What is the most important thing for me is to live my life for God. My family is very important. The church is very important. I just want to live for God. I just want to do God's will for me, for my life. That's, that's very important to me. I want to live for God. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. He says, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. It's expected of me. No big deal. 
If I'm doing all those things, signs, no big deal. That's what I'm supposed to do. I have nothing, there's nothing to boast about. It's expected of me to do exactly that. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me. I have to do this. And he cursed himself, woe, unpleasantness upon my life. Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. That's why he's such a, he's such a great man. He understood this thing and he was going to do it. There are so many people around the world that have lost their lives preaching the gospel, persecuted, and they won't quit. We can't just sit without doing anything. It's easy to say, I've heard this before, and not do anything about it. But why don't you try? Maybe start with somebody at the place of work. Just a little conversation. You may be shocked at what God would do. And this thing is very addictive. After you've won one soul, you can't quit anymore. <laughs> you want to do it. It's so exciting. If you try it, it's such a joy. Sometimes you feel like you're failing, but don't quit. I don't know how many people I shared with before I left Nigeria for the United States. I left thinking this thing doesn't work. He works for the rest of them, but for me, I don't know if it's working because every person that came, they don't stay too long. They're back. It was back and forth. But after a few years, I went back. It's like God wanting me to see his word will never fall to the ground. There were people all over saved. Jude was here the lot of time. Pastor Jude, he's a pastor. Some of the students I shared with uh, in when I was uh, teaching in high school in Nigeria, this thing works. We have to share the gospel. It's incorruptible seed. Let God touch your heart tonight and be committed to it. There are things that we can do. If you can't go pray. We're going to Nigeria, you pray. If you can't do that, you can also give. If your heart is in it, you give. Because I can't go, so I'm going to give to that. I'm going to spend time praying. We are, I'm asking you in the back end with the let you know, pray for us while we're gone. Pray for us so that God will help us win souls. You have been equipped by God to preach the gospel. Everyone. When I go, I have no fear. I don't have any concern about what's going to happen because God's going to be right there with us. God's going to be right there with us. Um, the power is already given to us when we go. Pastor Paul was telling me there was a, a lady, a witch. She, she was uh, telling Pastor Paul does deliverance and they, he went, she went to him. Didn't know that Pastor Paul knew me, but I been there and left with uh, I think with Angela for United States when we preached in the church where they gave us this clothes and um, I went in there there was a guy that had tuberculosis that God healed in that service and uh, later I went back and Paul was telling me she was he was trying to do deliverance for the witch and she said we go I don't know how they go 
and uh, they tried to disrupt the meeting when you have a meeting and she was telling we have learned not to go to the meeting where that man from that comes from America because uh, to preach we don't go there because there's always fire around the building wherever he's preaching but I don't see any fire but I knew I was protected so when they tell me you need to fast and pray I tell them I'm not doing that I know God's with me every time you preach the gospel God's with you they can't poison you they can't do anything if they poison you they get converted it's the truth because it won't work if they try to hurt you, it turns around and they want to know what's going on. That's the power that God has given to us. When he sent the, the 70 out, they came back rejoicing. And they said, the dev- even the devils were subject to us in your name. And Jesus said, I give you power to tread on serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing, can you say the word with me? Nothing shall by any means, they'll die trying. They can't hurt you. No devil, I don't have to pray about them. Because I'm preaching the gospel, amen? I can expect the miracles. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I preach and I tell them, you're going to be healed today. And yes, they will be healed. Because guess what? He went with them, confirming the word with what? Signs following. Stand up with me today. You got signs following you. Let them come out of you. Amen? As you speak the word, minister to people, you share them with them. They want to know Christ. And they complain about a headache. Lay your hands on them. Amen? When they're healed, they never forget that. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord tonight. I'm going to make you all pray tonight. If you can pray in the Spirit, please pray in the Spirit. If you can, you can now. Just join us. Amen? You can pray for our Sunday service. I'm enlisting you because we're going to be seeing a lot of miracles here on Sunday. So pray in tongues if you can right now. So tell